On today's episode, join myself, as David likes to call himself. I'm Dixon Dedman and David Mark Young. I had a huge plan to ask David a great question, and we somehow got hijacked into talking about the conception of confiscated and how taxation is kind of a weird thing in the bourbon industry. Blending Bourbon is the podcast that takes you beyond the barrel and behind the scenes of the whiskey industry with master blenders Dixon Dedman and David Mark Young. Welcome back to all nine of you to another episode of Blending Bourbon. My name is Dixon Dedman of 2XO Whiskey, joined by my good friend and the first ever male model to enter the bourbon space, Mr. David Mark Young, owner and master blender of Golden Sheaf, the pride of Omaha, Nebraska, who is now in Illinois. Go figure. Um, what's up, man? On the road again. Yeah. Hi, Dixon. How are you? I'm terrific. Thank you. Thanks for the, thanks for the hit intro. Yeah, I'm in Champaign, Illinois. Um, doing some some business. Some uh, is that what with, they call it with the, with fun. Well, you know, I was born here. I don't know if I ever told you that. Champagne. Do they say so? It's funny. Like in Kentucky, you know, like people come and and they they would stay at the end and they would be like, yeah, we we want to go to um to to Woodford Reserve. Like we love Woodford Reserve. And and like wh- how how do we get to Versailles? <laughs> um, you know how how do how do we, how do we get you know what's the what's the best way to get to Versailles? And it's like yeah. You know, you're in Kentucky. It, it's spelled the same way, but we call it Versailles. Um, right. You know, it, it, is it is it Champagne, Illinois, or Champagna, Illinois? <laughs> it is Champagne. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Champagne. All right. Yeah, but yeah. it's much more sophisticated up there than, it's, than we are here. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, you know, it's funny. In Nebraska, just right down the road from where I live, we've got a Louisville, which mm-hmm. is spelled the same as Louisville. So I often correct See, but people. But even even now, like, how do you, how do you pronounce? Like, what what do you think that city's called? Louisville. Yeah. So you got the like the ooey in there. Like, if you're from some, you know, like Louisville. It, here, it like if you were going to spell it phonetically, it would be L U L V U L. Like it's just Louisville. 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 Like with a mouthful of marbles. Louisville. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, we, you know, I got to go fly out of Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> Sounds like a, yeah. like a frog. Like a frog. Yeah, it's like Louis, <laughs> Louisville. Hmm. L- Louisville. Yeah. We even have people now that are like, oh, Louisville. Louisville. Like, who, yeah. who calls it Louisville? Like, I don't I think know. that's the Northeasterners. You ain't from around here, are you, boy? You know. Yeah, we've got we've got Norfolk, Nebraska, and you know East Coast they call it Norfolk. It's funny because I was just up Norfolk. in Boston a few a few months ago, and they're like, "Hey, yeah, we want to run out this great store in in Worcester." <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "All right, we're, go- we're going to Worcester." Ooh. Like Worcester I, for me, I, I think it's like 
W-O-O-S-T-E-R. And this guy starts taking an exit that says we're going to a place that's spelled W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. And I was like, oh, so we're going to Worcester? And he's like, no, it's it's Worcester. (laughs) I was like, that that ain't Worcester. That's Worcester. (laughs) Well, they know because up up there, up in them parts, they're wicked smart. Yeah, Yeah, you don't question them up there. Um, Wicked spot. So you're born and raised Champaign, Illinois, or not raised, but you were born in, in, in Champaign. And, and did people drink a lot of champagne and champagne? Is that like a thing? Like I'm having champagne and champagne bitches. Like, is that kind of a thing or not? not (laughs) I don't think I have ever experienced champagne in, I want you to, I I, I need, I need need to, yeah. um, Special guest in here real fast. Yeah. Drum roll. Wait, wait a minute. You got chocolate all over your face. Yeah. <laughs> is, here, put these on. And say hello. 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 Hey, hey, no, you got to so make sure you can see yourself in there. Don't, don't quit messing with stuff. <laughs> look, just say hi to my friend David. Hi. Hey. Well, good afternoon. How are good you? Good afternoon to you, too. I'm good. Why aren't you in school? Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther Martin Luther King Day. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. He's, just he's popping into my office while his siblings go to the dentist. So um, very cool. This is this, this is the future of 2XO right here. He's going to take over for me. Uh, the kid's got a sick nose. Uh, we haven't started working on his palate just yet because that would be against the law. Um, but what's your favorite smell? Your favorite what? What do you ask? Smell. Smell. <laughs> it's probably oh. not your dad, right? Mm, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he did. This is the kid, though. I was telling you about. Were, were we talking earlier? Yep. Th- this is the guy that uh, many moons ago uh, came down when I was doing some blending. He was supposed to be taking a nap. His mom was gone, and. I had like six glasses on the table and he was, he's the one that was like, I like this one, dad. And I mean, kept, and then I would mix them up and come back to, he was like, yeah, that's the one I pointed out and I'd mix them up wow. again. And he'd be like, yeah, that's the one. Like it's. Picked a ringer. Wow. So he, yeah, he's he either, deserves he's either got, he's either got the same problem I've got or um, <laughs> the same palette I've got. I'm not really sure which, but. Probably, probably an excellent palette like his dad, I would guess. All right, you go hang out. Enjoy your holiday. Can I get a water? Hmm? Can I get a water? Yeah. Here, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. It was just. going to be sorry. I feel left out. I don't have a, I, or I, I feel like, like I'm disappointed. I don't have any special guests. That was awesome. That's fantastic. That, 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 that's it. The future of, of 2XO and beyond. But absolutely. I mean, the Love kids it. of the future. We call him the future. We, I, sometimes the, I forget his name because we just refer to him as the future. <laughs> the future. Yeah. I'm the future. Fantastic. Um, I love it. Yeah. What were we talking about? Popping champagne and champagne? Like that's a thing? Popping champagne. Yeah. No, I remember a lot of uh, Bush Light, um, Schaefer. Um, I don't what know about that like I've Miller ever... High Life, the champagne of yep. beers. Do you drink that in champagne? Like this. Funny story. So Saturday. So so I lived here. I was born here. I was a military brat, right? 
Uh, we moved away, came back. My younger brother was born here. Moved away, came back, finished high school here, and and then departed for the Marine Corps from here. So fast forward uh, years later. Um, so I go to a friend's house Saturday night to visit him. He's he's our he's the current high school principal. This is oh fantastic. Uh, Yes. Yeah, Mr. Wilson. So yeah, we, we come in and he offers me a Miller High Life uh, uh, and a mini one. They had miniature ones too. It was pretty cool. But that's that's his house beer, he said. Mr. Todd Wilson from Rantoul Township High School. Yeah, cheers to Mr. Wilson. He's, he makes a fine principal. What, what, what are you drinking there, Captain? I'm drinking... <laughs> no, not Captain. Not Captain. Uh, no, this is, this is Golden oh, Chief right. Bourbon. Just batch two. Well... What was your title when you left? Like, did you, did you, do you have a thing? Were you a, a thing in high school? No. When you left the military, like what, what was your rank? I did. I had a rank. I, I, I was discharged as an E5. I was a sergeant. sergeant now, when you young. say discharge, were you thrown out or did you? No, retire? no, no. On, I was honorably discharged. I did a six year okay. contract. As a what? what uh, sergeant. Sergeant E five was my so, uh, was my we, rank. We, I can refer to you as Sergeant from now on. You can, yeah. I'll probably make you do push ups though. If you if you're gonna call me Sergeant, I'm crushing push ups. I mean, I'm, all right, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. let's go. Two X. Can eight, we? Eight, when can we talk? Not today, but like, when can we talk about? Like, I know that a lot of what you did we can't talk about, but like, oh sure, we can. Can we talk about like the at some point like? buds and i've read books i like all of that stuff do you have great like crazy drinking stories from that time in your life like you they would let you loose on and because you were out in california right like san clemente and all that stuff and i was so san clemente is right outside of camp pendleton yeah so buds just to clarify is navy seal training oh, okay sorry um we uh we we but so yeah i was i was at camp pendleton a number of times for uh, deployments and school training, um, went to uh, marksmanship instructor school there. Went to part of boot camp was actually there. Phase two of Marine Corps boot camp. Boot camp was down in San Diego, and uh, phase two was up at Edson Range in Camp Pendleton. So yeah, San Clemente. I've got a few stories from San Clemente. We we had some time off in Marine Corps combat training, MCT, and so we went out to the beach for the weekend and. Ran into some skinheads and yeah. Jack Daniels. <laughs> so it was, it was like looking for a fight. Like were you all yeah. looking for a fight? They kind there of, was actually. Kind of, kind of meathead. Like. Ran into exactly that. We um, This was this was 1991. So the first Gulf War had come and gone. You know, it was a quick, quick war. and um, But there was, some, there was a lot of protesting down that area for some reason. And, uh, I think it was more just difference of opinion and, uh, looking for trouble, but yeah, they found some trouble or we found trouble and, um, yeah, was it there like, was, there was definitely was Jack it, Daniels involved. Was it like, you know, when I was in college, I was this loud mouth, obnoxious, but I, you know, I had this, this friend and he was big football player and everything. And we would, we were Kentucky guys and, 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 you know, people would get all this liquid courage and it was like, I'm going to, 
I'm going to go after the biggest guy in the room because I'm, you know, and he just clean house with, and it's like, you know, it, it, I can only, I can only imagine like you get, you get a break, you get some time, you're out there and then kind of the, the locals are like these, these Marine guys are in our turf and they're drinking our whiskey and taking our women. And then that, just had to keep turning bad like every time. Right. I mean, right. Well, you know, I went to, I started out in the Marine Corps as a, as a tank mechanic, an M1A1 mechanic. And that school at the time was down at Fort Knox, Kentucky. So 1991, I spent the majority of that year in, in hmm. Fort Knox. Right. As a matter of fact, E-Town was a dry County or a dry city back then. Yeah. And oddly enough, Here's a here's a good Kentucky story for you. Or sorry, were you finished with your story? I oh, don't know where you're going with that. Never finished with the story, but a good 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 place to pause. Well, <laughs> my great great See there three great or four greats. Um His name was Rebel Goddard. Rebel Goddard. Goddard. So Rebel Goddard was a son of W.W. Goddard. W.W. Goddard um, owned, a, owned a farm, big farm here in, 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 in town, or just outside of town. And he, he had eight children at the time, and his wife was pregnant with his ninth. And the uh, Northern, Northern Army the Union Army came to arrest W.W. Goddard uh, because he was giving a wagon load a week of supplies to the Confederate Army. And so they came to his house to arrest him. He took all of his firearms and all of his ammunition up into the top of his, uh, like the, the, they call it a widow's watch or whatever, the cupola uh, uh, mm-hmm. over his house. Um, and was able to hold them off for 24 hours until he ran out of ammunition. They uh, came, they arrested him, they took him to and, and put him in, uh, it was a stockyard that they turned into a, 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 a war prison in Camp Chase, Ohio. So W.W. Is, is in a, he's, he's, he's in, in, imprisoned by the, uh, prison, I don't know if that's the right word, but by, by the Union Army, and gets a, receives a letter, and his, uh, his wife has given birth to their ninth child, a son, um, and says, what, what should we name him? And he responds with, Name him Rebel for the whole damn bunch. Uh, so <laughs> Rebel Goddard uh, wow. went on to become a very famous uh, saddlebred trainer, uh, amongst okay. other things. Uh, but he also is responsible for doing all of the groundwork, leveling and, and doing all the groundwork uh, with teams of mules for... Uh, Fort Knox. So wow. my my ancestor actually uh, 
did did all of the all of the, all of the work to uh, to prepare Fort Knox for where you spent time learning how to fix tanks. Fix how about tanks? That? Yeah, and drink whiskey. Yeah, and drink whiskey. How about that's that? fascinating. I love history, and to to hear that you know it's your direct bloodline or lineage. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's that's fascinating, especially having you know spent time down there. It's it's really cool. It's being a military brat, I don't have that rich heritage, you know, that we, we had to look on Ancestry.com just to figure out where we came from, um, aside from South Philly uh, in, in the hood. But, um, you know always what? Sunny. Always you, sunny. Oh, always sunny, except when it's not. You, you had a fascinating story I heard. Um, we, when you were out at Whiskey Fest, and it, I, I believe it was um, um, how you came up with the name. I know, I know at one point there was some uh, encouragement to, to name uh, uh, an offspring product or, or baby owl um, was a suggestion that didn't really go over real well. Um, but what, what was it? Was it? Um, was, dry yeah, state. You're talking about no. You're talking about confiscated. Confiscated. Uh, confiscated that we did. That yeah. I love that story, and I have a recording of it. But it's you know in a crowd, and I I, I would love it if you would share that story no, on this I, podcast. You know, it's, it's funny. I mean, I, I I'm I'm one of those people, um, and I need this. Like it's kind of like you talking about. Well, you know, I mean, it, it's it's why I. Um, I don't, you know, it's not why I ran a marathon or whatever, but like they're, you know, I, I like, I'm a problem solver, I think by nature. And I think the, I get like the hospitality business that I, that I was in and like, you know, I'm, I'm not one of these people that like presented with, you know, like things weigh on me and, you know, and like, it's always like, how are we going to figure this out? How are we going to, you know, deal with this right now? I'm dealing with a barrel issue, you know, barrel, you know, whatever. And it's like, but think, you know, I, I find that things come to me, um, in, in the strangest of moments, you know, and it's just, um, it's not like, yeah, let me sit down with a pad of paper and start writing out potential solutions to problems. And, and, and yeah. one of these will work. Like it just thing, you know, I have to, you almost have to like disconnect from, uh, whatever the issue is. And it's, it's almost like your subconscious comes up with the, you know, with the solution and, and, and confiscated was a very interesting thing because I was, liquid the liquid part of that aside and that that's probably another conversation for another day or you know and i'm not trying to you know it was it was it was a fun project it was their complications with that but it was like you know the we were tasked with coming up with um and not tasked because it was my idea like how, how do we create something that is more approachable from a price point, more approachable from a proof point. How do we, how do we grow and scale this, this thing, like create right. this, you know, and, 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 and with Stoli, 
Um, and their kind of insistence on continuing to push the price point higher and higher and higher. And they did that with the bourbon. They did that with the rye. You know, it, it became very important to me to try to create something that was, um, yeah, that kind of fell in line below that and, and yeah. whatever. And, and balance it out. Yeah. Liquid, the liquid part of it was, was a whole nother argument debacle or whatever, but um, yeah, you know, so like th- their team, this marketing team comes in and is like, what, what about baby owl or, <laughs> or, or little owl or owl's nest or, um, you know, I, all these Hooters. things. And I was like, what, you know, well, <laughs> of course I went there, but, no. um, but you know, it was, it was like, okay. Th- I don't, I don't want to go talk to people about like, here, I want you to try Kentucky Owl Batch, whatever, nine. And here's this new product we have called Juvenile Owl or whatever. Like, it just sounded like really <laughs> stupid. And, and, and so, you know, that, that, that entire part of and it was, it's great. I mean, the, and there are fantastic stories out of it when, you know, when, when, when prohibition began, um, for a lot of the larger, uh, distilleries at the time, they basically just had to, uh, you know, just sit on their inventory. They just, they just put it, you know, it was like, you know, they just kind of wrapped the aging facilities in right. chains and said, you can't, can't sell get them in here and can't do this. And, you know, yeah. other than, for medicinal purposes. I mean, there were four, four Kentucky distilleries. I think they were allowed to continue to produce for, for medicinal purposes and, and, and things like that. But, but for the smaller guys, the federal government, um, essentially came and like seized all the inventory. They just took everything. Wow. They just came in and, and unloaded it. Um, great stories about how, you know, my, my family knew this was coming. People knew this were coming. Um, my great, great grandfather actually, uh, you know, basically told some of his friends and buddies like, Hey, just in case you're curious, you know, they're coming next Thursday, for example, but next Tuesday we're having trouble staffing the night watchman. There's not going to be anybody there. And so a bunch wink, of wink. them like, yeah. And so they, <laughs> they rolled off with a bunch of trucks of, of whiskey and all that stuff. But the, the, the story was that, you know, they came and, and it was, it was approximately 250,000 gallons. So it was three, three aging facilities full of, of barrels that, and and that distillery was right, I mean, right on the banks of the Kentucky River. So they really could pull the barrels out of the rickhouse, roll them straight downhill, you know, onto barges. They took all of that inventory and and said they were going to put it in in government controlled warehouses. Um, that was that was what my my family was told. It, it you know and to the point that for for several years you know they tried to insure this product mm-hmm. uh and and the federal government kept saying no 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 not necessary it's in government hands it's as good as insured you know <laughs> you're fine um and 
you know, later received notice that unfortunately these warehouses had mysteriously burned. Wow. Uh, we're very sorry for your loss. Uh, but because they didn't allow them to take out any insurance, um, they had to file complaints against the government. Uh, for 15 years, they were in three different, um, you know, lawsuits, yeah. never received a dime for this stuff. And wow. you know, like, we even have some of the papers that from the, from the government saying, Hey, yeah, we're really sorry. It's terrible, right. but you know, whatever. Wow. Um, and, and I, you know, trying to name this, this new concept, it just came to me one day. I was like, why don't we call it, why don't we call it confiscated? Boom. And, and, and we, we reference, you know, we talk about how the, the batches of Kentucky owl are the kind of rebirth of the brand and, and in a, in a new model and a new approach of blending different distillates. And then sure. this product um, is is really paying homage, if you will, homage yeah. to you know the the barrels that were that were confiscated, and and so that's really where that kind of came from. And it that literally hit me in the shower, like I was standing in the shower, <laughs> and I, like it just I was like, oh, that's a cool word, and could be a fun, you know, thing to do or whatever, and yeah. It's funny. I think I actually think the the owner of Stoli tried to say that it was his idea at one point. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, maybe it was. I don't think it was. Uh, but you know, it's a great I, story though. Yeah, but it, it was kind of cool. And and you know the the story the 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 best part of the that whole story was that. Um, all of that liquid, you know, got put on barges and never made it. So those rick houses sat empty for three years and they burned them down because somebody took all that liquid, took it north, sold it in speakeasies in Chicago right. and New York and all that stuff. And it, it, you know, it was, it was all a farce. Like it was all just a total fabrication. Um, right. Which is why they wouldn't let them insure it because it didn't exist. It wasn't there, but um, yeah, good stuff. Great stuff. Isn't that incredible? I, it, yeah, it makes you wonder. 250,000 gallons. It's a lot of, that's a lot of liquid. That's a lot of barrels. It's a lot of barrels. Yeah. I yeah. trying to, trying to put that in perspective. I, you know, it's just at Bardstown bourbon company, not that long ago. And, and one of the questions I asked Steve Nally and company was how much, have you produced, you know, they just released that origin series and how much. And, and let me just, not just back up, but like we're talking 53 gallon, I'm assuming they're 50, 53 gallon. I mean, it's, it's more like five to 6,000 barrels. So right. it's out 250,000 gallons sounds right, like right. a lot, but it's not, well, it, you know, it's not. Well, maybe to, to y'all Kentucky folk, that's not a lot of barrels. Because you guys have more barrels well, than no, I understand. people, I mean, it, yeah. but 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 it, it is a you know it's it's not a it's not a small building you know it's no a, no no not for not for you know you champagne folk that's sure. <laughs> but you but, know what's interesting though is you, you know, said what you're about Steve Nally say that again yeah so Steve uh, I, I asked Steve uh, you know because they've they've been in production for seven years or so right the Origin series was just released and it's a six year old 
their their six year old um, that they you know grained glass from um, you know soul sourced um, and they so I the question I asked was how much have you produced in the last seven years and it, mm, the answer gosh. was um, upwards of six hundred and fifty thousand barrels is what they have in stock now I don't know you know what's been sold or. No, that's what they produce for them, or that's what they produce in total. No, I find that to that's be very that's low total. Fun. Yeah, that, no, that's that's total. That's that's wow. total. Yeah. Wow, and, that's and, surprising. I, I would have thought that would have been higher. Yeah, and I hope that's right, because um, and if not, we'll stir up some controversy. We'll gain yeah, a few followers from from uh, spreading false information. But, but I'm pretty I'd sure that to, I'd love to see Steve Nally kick your ass for giving <laughs> you know, quoting him incorrectly. He's a <laughs> <laughs> he's big, he's big man. I'm sure he can be scary. No, he's, he's a gentle giant. Um, but, but you know, even that that's, that's a, that's a shitload of, that's a shitload of liquid, you know? And, but that's what they have in stock. That's how many, that's how many barrels they have. Oh, hold on a second. I'm sorry. I, I did get it wrong. 650,000. Did I say gallons or barrels? 650,000 barrels. Yeah, that's I just that's, I, I that's, right. that, that's about hundred thousand barrels a year, and I thought they would be higher than that. That's about the average. So yeah, Nick was there as well, and 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 uh, and so Nick, so they, I think they hit like 100, 123,000 barrels last year, hmm. and and you know the 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 prior previous years was close to that. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of liquid, you know, and of course they're practically doubling their their output. But, but one thing I think is interesting that you said was the smaller producers, you know, there were four or so Kentucky distilleries that continued to produce throughout prohibition for medicinal purposes. But, uh, six total was my understanding. Six total oh, in the country. Six. Yeah. Well, six total in the country. Oh, okay. Okay. But I believe four in, and in, in matter of fact, the producers of golden chief were, there were eight invitations that went out to continue producing only six accepted to respectfully decline. One was the producer of golden chief who at the time was the third largest distillery in the country. A little plug there for golden chief. Um, but you said the smaller, you know, the smaller guys, they, they, they confiscated the, the juice. That That's just, that's a lot of, it's a lot of barrels for well, I, I don't a smaller think people, producer. I, I, I don't. I, I really. I truly don't think that people realize. I didn't realize. I mean, there. You know, it seems like uh, this is a Kentucky saying. Are you ready for a good Kentucky saying? Like in Kentucky right now, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a distillery. <laughs> You ever, you ever heard that? Like, people say like you, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting it. But I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot. They're popping up everywhere. Oh yeah. That pales in comparison to what there was in the pre-prohibition era days. I mean, if right. you start pulling any of those old history books and stuff like that, and, and the number of facilities that were, I mean, there were there were three, four, five, and and these are these are ones that were actually legitimate and then right. there were probably three times as many that were not legitimate um, if not if just, not more yeah yeah i mean and, it's, it's just it's 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 unbelievable 
when we when when we put in the tavern at the end, which was two thousand four, and my mother decorated it with um, pictures from uh, from a couple you know very, very cool like historical um, books of of distilleries that operated in Mercer. There were there were like seven in this tiny county, you know, prior to prohibition. Yeah. Seven. Right. And, and well, big names, Dowling, Jordan, oh, you know, yeah. like, like things, yeah. but, but they were everywhere. There were a ton right. of them. My, the, you know, my, the Kentucky Owl was sort of my great, great grandfather, but his adopted father was actually his uncle um, was in Lawrenceburg and the man owned three. Wow. He owned three different distilleries. I mean, and, they were everywhere. Any idea what they were producing with those three volume wise, what, what they were? No, I mean, I, I know the one the the big one, um, you know, and that's, that's where the WH McBrayer stuff came from right. and everything. But, um, uh, you know, Cedar Brook was his big one, which was one of the biggest in the state at that time. You know, wow. I, I don't, I don't know how that, I don't know what the volumes I'm, I can go find a book. Yeah. Now, yeah. But yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it's pretty remarkable how, um, how many there were. And, you know, now right. we think like, Oh, they're popping up everywhere here, there, you know, and, but it's nothing compared to what it was. Right. Then. Well, you know, and, and I'm no historian, but my understanding is that back in the day, you know, post, um, whiskey rebellion, you know, post-revolutionary war, post-whiskey rebellion. Um, that that's what part of the whiskey rebellion was, or that's what the whiskey rebellion was. Was, um, you know, we've now we've won won the war, but we're broke. But yet we have to, you know, act like a superpower. We have to create infrastructure, and the only way to do that is to tax. Well, what do we have a lot of? We have a lot of stills, and the reason we have a lot of stills is because every farm has a still and why does every farm have a still is because grains are perishable. If you um, don't use it, you lose, you it. lose it. Yeah. So to take it and distill it and, you know, put it in something transportable and something you can barter with. And, um, you know, you've got something of value with a shelf life now. And so that's what GW and his crew did was go out and hit up the farms for, um, and I forget how. No, but, they know. went after everybody's side hustle. You know, yeah. it's, it's just. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, yeah, absolutely. Their, their livelihood that's, they're maximizing their resources, which was, was brilliant. And I, yeah, I get that. But, you know, and then, and then fast forward, um, you know, get into the legality of it. And ultimately, that's, I, I personally find that stuff fascinating because that's, I think the, 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 the general population takes for granted the contribution of spirits and spirit production, you know, the, ta the taxing of, you know, a lot of our infrastructure is, is based on that. And, you know, I always go back to Nebraska. We had the third largest distillery in the country pre-prohibition and 90% of that state tax revenue, which was pre-income tax. You know, nobody was being charged to income tax at the time. And that's where the government, raise the money to be able to build our infrastructure and provide security and 
and so forth. And and that's just you know not the not the story that's told in the public school systems. And you know things are a little bit different, even prohibition, how that story's told. But uh, I think that'd be interesting to get some um, some his, historians, you know, some legit we need a scholar. We, we need, need a scholar. A, yeah, we need a scholar. You know. Uh, uh, um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, I say it all the time and it, this is probably like wrong. I don't think it's wrong, but I think, you know, but like you think about the number of barrels that are produced in this state and you think about at, at how many levels that liquid is taxed and, and the, yeah. the, the burden, I shouldn't say the burden, but like, you know, the, there should not be a pothole in the state of Kentucky. I mean, there, you know, there, there, there shouldn't be an issue with, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, how, how much tax revenue is generated, um, you know, he, you know, through, through what, what we've got going on and, and how this is, you know, it, it's some of the, you know, I, I hit a bump and I'm like, damn it. There's no reason that there should be a bump there because right. whatever. I don't know. Because, because you bought a lot of bourbon and <laughs> because yeah. everybody that goes through Kentucky buys a lot of bourbon. Yeah. There's, there's, it'd be interesting to get some statistics it's together. Not, it's not even, it's not, it, it, so that's funny. Like that's interesting. Um, cause you know, this, you know, the ins and outs of it, but it's not just taxed when you go buy a bottle. Right. States are different. It's, it's funny. Like, yeah. you know, you go to a state, like, you buy a bottle and it's like, you pay the sticker price. It's like, there's no tax. No, you know, but it's taxed at so many levels before it ever even goes into that bottle. I mean, right. you know, it, it's, it's taxed and retaxed and retaxed and retaxed as it changes. Anytime it changes, anytime there's movement. It, right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, and when you look at price structure of, you know, as a producer all the way to the consumer, how many tax points and, but yeah, it's, you know, when it changes hands, and I don't think a, the, the general consumer quite appreciates that. You know, the tri- the three tier system, and um, you know, having to sell it to your distributor, and then your distributor having to sell it to your retailer, and then the retailer ultimately selling it to the to the consumer. And, um, and the only place the government doesn't tax is on the secondary market, which um, that's a whole other story. But yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, and I, I worry I'm sitting here. I'm like, and cause I had, I had, I had a, a big, I was going to drop a big hypothetical on you. Like this whole, yeah, I've been waiting. I know, I know. And, and then I feel like, <laughs> you know, I'm just, we're just going to have to sit on it again. But, you know, I, I, I wonder, um, You know, I, that, that's that's a good topic for exploration. Like, and and that's that's another one that would be really cool to get somebody that can come on here and really articulate, um, just just how much tax revenue is generated by a barrel. 
like it, it would, you know, and, and like I, I could probably do some sort of weird back of the napkin math, but if you think about, you know, if, if you have whoever BBC make you a barrel or, mm-hmm. you know, the barrels are like, okay, you know, there's, I'm going to pay this for this barrel, but from, from the, from the time that that enters that barrel to the time that that goes into a bottle of two XO or that liquid goes into a bottle of golden sheath. Um, you know, like to walk through, okay. When it comes out of the barrel and is dumped and it goes in and it's sold to you as finished goods and you pay whatever tax and a VAT tax and all this stuff. And then it goes, from your distribution center to your, you know, wholesaler and the, you know, that, that tax and the wholesaler to the retailer and that tax and the retailer to the consumer in certain markets, that tax. I mean, it's, it's almost like sometimes you just like, if you get too deep into it, at least I am kind of like, wow. That's, that's a lot. My wheels are spinning. I'm writing down ideas. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, and, and all of the, the raw ingredients too, in the, in the, in those taxable dry goods and so forth and storage costs and, and everything along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, you know, for, what was the guy's name? We had a guy when we were talking about making this podcast, like the guy we were going to talk to, his name like Nate or something like that, or Jonah, Kevin, I, I can't remember, but whatever. <laughs> I, you know, like the, 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 the John Q whiskey buyer, like, do you understand? To, and cause I <laughs> still sometimes don't, you know, the, the cost to make the stuff and put it in a barrel and move it from barrel to glass and the cost of glass and the cost of a label and the cost of a cork and the cost of whatever. Right. Not a lot, not, not a lot. Um, cost of marketing, significant cost of building a brand cost of doing business. Yeah. There's a huge part of, of any, um, you know, there's, there's just like when you, when you create that model and you put it on paper, Like that, what you're going to, what, what everybody's going to pay in taxes before it actually gets on the store shelf and gets to the consumer. Like that's huge, huge. It is is huge. Don't forget the, the Dick's and Deadman fashion line and photo shoots and all the important things. Clearly. I mean, supports the brand. I I did, I did my, I, I really dressed up for this episode today. I'm really sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, you always look good, mm-hmm. Dixon. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I, we're going to save the um, the bomb, the, the the big hypothetical bomb uh, for for another time. But I, I'm I'm really excited about it. it, it you know. From our offline conversations, like I, I really like, there was a place I thought that you know uh, I wanted to kind of put the screws to you there a little bit, and I'm looking forward uh, to it. Yeah, yeah. I, you're killing me now. I'm, now I've got to wait until we film the next ex- episode. Well, that's exciting. I'm uh, I'm curious. It better be good. 
there better be, better oh, be something. Yeah, good. no, you're you should be terrified. Actually, I am. I'm, I'm, I, um, I'm trembling. I hope you enjoy your time in in uh, in, in Champagne, and <laughs> um, you know, you're kind of. I think I, I think it's great. I I I went with my wife. Uh, what is, I, we went Saturday night, like did a little her little high school. Uh, reunion thing, which I think nice. you know, that was one night. It sounds like you're doing it for an extended period of time. Um, yeah, visiting yeah. visiting some some old haunts, um, and and so you know, enjoy that. Cheers, man. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, I appreciate that. Cheers. Until next time, don't forget to like, share, follow, comment, shoot us that feedback. We look forward to hearing what you think. And cheers to everybody out there. Cheers to you, Dixon. Cheers, brother. 